Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello. Is that better? Yes, way better, way better. Interestingly enough, I was just coming back from, I got back like, what, 10 minutes ago from, from Boston myself. What were you doing oh, really? there? Uh, actually, really exciting. I, um, uh, I, a friend of mine that I worked with when I was with Grid and you know kept in touch with, and uh, he was talking to a private equity firm, and uh, ultimately he's going to join the board for them. Uh, and uh, uh, he um, uh, introduced me to this guy. He said, "Listen, you really ought to get to know Jim." You know, it was general, but it was potentially he could help you fix this problem at this company that you're talking about, but also potential the companies could work closer together. So uh, he invited me down uh, to Boston and uh, um, I went down there and uh, spent, you know, only about an hour with him, but we hit it off. And uh, he invited me back to meet the owner of the company next week and so that's all good. And then I I went down and did some financial planning. My uh, tax and financial advisor, who's also a good friend, um, uh, lives down on the South Shore in Hingham. Uh, so I met Ooh. with him for a few, few hours. And then I met with my brother for a work potential thing where my introducing him to some people, but also my company could potentially help him company save some money. And then... Um, uh, topped it off with having my brother and I had dinner with my parents. Your brother and you were, were having something with your parents. You got together. I couldn't hear that last part. Yeah, we went out to dinner with my parents. Great. Wow. How, well, by yeah. the way, how are your parents doing with all of this? With, I know that your dad's health was, is not great. Um. No, I think, uh, I mean, I think they feel older than they've ever felt, um, is I guess the yeah. way I would describe it. Um, you know, and, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, and I think a lot, and a lot of their friends and contemporaries are dying and or dead. And so I think yeah. it's, um, what I would say is there's a, a loneliness to it for them, I think, um, and yeah. a, a mortality mm-hmm. to it. Um, that they're yeah. kind of having to face into. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I made the offer, you know, to, to do it and suggested it. Uh, is I, I think that things like that, they look forward to it for a month. You know what I mean? That, um, right. You know, so just anything you can do to help them look forward and not, you know, get stuck in their own, you know, emotions, I, I think is good for them. So. Yeah. Wow, that that it sounds so, like a really amazing trip. How long were you in Boston? It feels like you were there for a week, probably a couple of days, right? <laughs> oh no, I did all that yesterday. I left Vermont yesterday oh morning at six thirty. 
Um, I stopped. Uh, my brother and I had a bottle of wine when we got home from dinner, so that was we got done about nine nine thirty, catching up with Natalie. Uh, his wife uh, introduced them to Heather on the phone, and they want us to come visit. Uh, so I got that topic out on the table with my family, and um, uh, so I finished a bottle of wine with my brother about nine nine thirty. Went to bed, got up at 5.45, and I'm almost back in Burlington. Wow. Wow. So, Kaole, it's like, of all of that, it feels like your life is really, like, now it's, you're going uh, full speed ahead. Oops. Um, yeah. Yep, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can. There's these, like, blips, but I, I can hear you okay. when you talk, yes. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I I was joking around with my brother and Natalie. I'm like, okay, listen, it's, the relationship is peaceful. It's easy. It's simple. It's connected. It's a partnership. It's, um, uh, you know, there's no baggage. There's no drama. Like, it's it's the way I've always imagined it should be, and I've never had it. And honestly, I've had this conversation with Heather, and she says, I completely agree. I never knew I could feel this good. So I think for Heather and I, I think we're both like, why the hell wouldn't we try this? Like, without hesitancy, get rid of the fear. Like, we talk about that, um, you know, and, and stop being in our heads and just follow our hearts and see where it takes us. And Heather and I have both agreed mm-hmm. that's where we're going to go. I basically said that to my parents. And they're like, great, when can we meet her? And my mom sent me a, a, uh, she sent me a text this morning. I have the perfect song for you, Barbara Streisand and Brian Adams. Um, I finally found the one. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Yeah. So, so I, uh, like I am, you know, you can hear I'm energized, I'm excited. You know, and then the little kid in me gets scared shitless, right? Like, holy cow, what are you doing? Like, I've cut off all other ties, uh, honestly, except for Deb, but her and I have agreed we're just going to be friends. You know, so uh, everybody else I've kind of shut off uh, the way we talked about. Um, you know, so I, like, but and that is, you know, I, I cut everything off. So, okay, now, now what happens, right? Like, um, so I, I can't say there isn't a bit of fear, um, somewhere in my subconscious. Absolutely. Well, somewhere in your subconscious and probably some of your nervous system that is going like, whoa, holy fuck, what's going to happen, right? And how is yeah, it going to play I out? Think it is, I think it is completely my nervous system. Absolutely. It's just because it's, it's not used to having things easy and to be relaxed and to trust and to let things flow. It's like that's not that's not how it's been, right? So it's like it's hard to trust that things are going to just – things going to be fine. That's right. <clears throat> so what, let's, let's talk about what is the number one fear. Is it that what, – what comes up? And I know you're driving and you're kind of stormy. So, I, I, you know, if you can tap, that would be great. And if not, you know one thing at this point, you can imagine tapping. I, I, you can do these, you know, either later. I can, I can, you know, I can physically. 
Yeah, yeah I can physically tap. I'm okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. May be please be sure uh, that you're safe, right? Of course. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I um, I wouldn't say there is a specific fear or that I can articulate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, uh, what I would say is, uh, like I I somehow have like I got to remind my like I I feel more uh, anxiety well up, and then I'm like okay remind like ground yourself like. Like, who do you see in heaven? And I write it all down. Then I'm like, okay, I feel better. You know what I mean? And then, um, right. uh, like, you know, and then, I, like, flashes will come on Jennifer or, like, bad shit she did or bad shit Jen did. So I, I think what's happening is I'm processing all the prior issues and failures and, mm. you know, lack of connectedness. And I'm, and my nervous system. I I think it's my nervous system is assigning it to Heather, and and I then have to unwind yeah. that connection or that neural pathway that is trying to be created. Does that does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what is yes? Another way that I, I let's see if I get this right. But it's like some my tiny a tiny thing might happen that could potentially in a you know in a subconscious way, like press a tiny button or remind you of a little thing or not necessarily, but it gets, something gets triggered either when you are with her or maybe mostly when you're not, that reminds you or you just get reminded of something that either Jen did or Jennifer did. And it's a, you realize that it's just something that needs to be healed about prior relationships and not necessarily about Heather. Yes, and it's it is never when I'm with her. Like when I'm with her, the time okay. flies by. Like it's there's like I've literally not had. You know, we've talked about some pretty deep stuff too, and like I've not had one interaction that I walked away with any anxiety about it. Okay. And what was that? What was that one about? <laughs> was that a recent? No, one no, not. No, no, no. I haven't oh, had no, any. No, okay. That's what I'm saying. Zero. zero. Okay. The, the time is okay. connected and easy, and it's it's wonderful. I mean, honestly. Right. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right. One of the things that I, I want to mention very briefly, Jim, is that when we finally find the one, it's when you truly start healing all prior intimate relationships because there's a part of you that without even intellectually realizing knows that you are safe enough and there's going to be certain things that can come up. That right now they're coming up when you're not with her. In the future, they may come up when you're with her, and that's perfectly okay as well. I just want to let you know. You know, it could, and I know that you both have the, the tools and the resources and the communication and everything that you will deal because, you know, I my my sense is that it's it's going to continue to be easy and flow and you're going to have an amazing you know communication, but you know true you know real relationships and at one point you you hit a bump something happens right I mean it's normal you're human. Um, yeah, I, I talked about that with my brother last night too. I talked about that with my brother. He's like, listen, it should be ninety percent good, ten percent you got to work through some shit, 
and you need to work on how to do that together without but it shouldn't be 2080 which is you know and they were joking around like i said what about 199 and like that was my life with jen and jennifer it was you know it was you know there were there the the mutual work that was done together was mostly disconnected and anxiety filled and the only time it really worked in either case is when you were separated from reality, meaning on vacation or, you know, like you you, know, you got a check for $150,000 and got to go shopping and spend it, right? Like, okay, that was really good connected time. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. uh, but it was 2080, you know, 1090. And my brother's like, listen, you know, yeah. Natalie and I, it's 90, 10. Like it's not even, maybe not even. He said 95, five, like the more we're together, the more it gets, connected and Natalie's like I completely agree so I, I I get the fact that it's not all going to be roses and rainbows but um like I think it should feel this good for the majority of the time absolutely uh, yeah a hundred percent yeah it's it's that that is really true and then and then you work through things that don't you know that are just whatever it might be but it's so how 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 angry are you still with especially I mean there's things with Jen that I, I believe are more connected with money at this point but with Jennifer yeah yes. been... um, sorry to interrupt you um, with Jen it's you know I would I would label it as selfishness manifested by money um, yes uh, and um, but it's, you know, she's just a uniquely selfish person. And, yeah. um, and, you know, and I would say the pain there or the anger there or the fear there is, I hope she didn't create long-term issues between me and my kids. And I have mm. no reason to believe that there are, um, but that's the, the anxiety that, um, that comes up for me as it relates to, that I need to heal as it relates to that. Uh, yeah. And with Jennifer, you know, I, it manifests itself as guilt, I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think I've talked to you about this a little bit before. Um, yeah. It, it, um, but I don't think it's actually guilt. I think it's, uh, um, why couldn't you get your shit together and why did I waste so much time um, when you were never going to be willing to change uh, and you were always trying to manipulate me into your circumstances. And, and I asked yeah. you a hundred different ways, a hundred different times um, what your vow was to Chris, what you, uh, you know, needed from that, you know, could we be independent? You know, I asked you every way I could know to ask, and essentially, I feel like she lied yeah. to me the whole time, and it and and tried to diminish my uh, needs and uh, my uh, mindset and my emotional security for her benefit. Yeah. And um, you know, so yeah, there's you know, I I shows up as guilt, like I said. I think it's anger, it's resentment, it's um, you know, like it's yeah. There's a, there's a lot still to un, probably unpack their release there. Well, in both cases. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. But this, this, with Jennifer, is a little. It's <clears throat> what I sense when you talk about it, Jim, is that with the whole thing with Jennifer is a little bit heavier because there's a lot more emotions involved. With Jen, it's like, you know, you're such a selfish person that I, I it's, it's easy to detach from her. Well, more time has gone by, and the fear of her ruining your relationship with your kids. I think that you have enough proof to feel solid, even if it's not 100%. But when it comes to Jennifer, yeah, yeah, it's a little I mean, Jen, more recent. And it's, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, go, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Sorry. Um, so well, that with, with Jennifer, uh, with I Jen, think. You, to your, <laughs> <laughs> so it, just to close, Jen, and then we'll switch, because I, I do think I can yeah. release that. With Jen, it she has behaved so audaciously, arrogantly selfish over the last 10 years. It, it is completely easy to to just say, wow, what a shitty person, and let it go. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. And to your point on yeah. the kid's side, like, you know, it, it, I, I feel secure, and I know it's within my control to do whatever I need to do. Um, like, you know, yeah. like I have the time, I got the resources, it's my intention. I've proven over the last 10 years I can do whatever I want there and I can make the bounce, you know, I can uh, release what I need to release it for them and for me. And yeah. like, so I just got to keep doing it and that's fine and I can let it go. Um, and I agree now yeah. with Jennifer, it's more complicated. Yeah, because what happens, okay, just to, one thing to close Jen, as you were saying, which I think is, is brilliant, is that at this point, your children are no longer under her influence in the same way that they were when they were living with her and they were younger. And you can establish or reestablish your relationship with them from here forward in a complete different way. It's up to the, you know, your unit with Alex, your unit with Nick, and who you are. And that's something that is it's going to be on the two of you. Um, you know, right. it's like it's not the same influence. Children after 18, they, they really know who you are, who their mother is. They figure it out. They can, you know, they start seeing things for what they are. Um, right. So I can totally see that as, as you feel stronger, you know, about who you are, what's important to you, what you put out there, how you have prioritized them, all of that, they can see it. They see it. So it's, it's, it's a um, less of an issue. And I think that it's, yeah, you're going to resolve it with, with Jennifer, the biggest thing that seems so heavy to me that I would like to unpack is this, why weren't you able to get your shit together enough so we could work? Or, you know, like, why, why couldn't you do that? Because I want you to just for a moment notice what's behind that question. Well, I mean, what's behind it is I would have made, I would have kept in it if she could have, like I put a lot of time and effort into building, into trusting that, into um, um, releasing into it, uh, into being vulnerable with yeah. it. Like I put a, I put more time and effort into that relationship and unpacking my issues in it than I ever have before. And you know, so that you know, there's a level of you know. Um, vulnerability that that went into it that you know it's um it's frustrating right like i put in the time 
Like I, I did the work and I did it in the most difficult circumstances I've ever been in. And, and yeah. it still didn't work, you know, so, so that that's probably what's behind it. And yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you to go. I get that that's the you know the first, one of the first levels, and I'm gonna invite you to go underneath that because within that vulnerability, what comes up is you sh- which is part of it, but it's deeper, which is you shared your heart, you exposed your heart, and you and you loved her, and I'm and I'm curious if there's some of that love. Still there, and I'm not talking about the the reason that I'm going on this one. No, not because... not not. I... Okay, I... go ahead. Well, is that I'm very aware that you share, you opened, you showed your heart in a big way, and and when we do that, and then you feel some. Just to put it simply, you feel betrayed. It's, it, there's a wound there. There's a wound that needs to be healed so you can come the most whole and uh, healed into the new relationship with Heather, which I feel like you're doing beautifully, but that's the piece that I am um, most interested in healing. That, that I hope this makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. I, I um, that that uh, it's the first time I've probably ever, ever exposed my heart as much as I did to her. Exactly. Um, uh, and um, you know, like it's hard. It, it there was um, it is heartbreaking uh, to me. That um, that it didn't it didn't work. Um, That's it. it's also heartbreaking to me that I know I know it's hard for her, like really probably harder for yeah. her than me, right? So that's I think where maybe the guilt comes from. Like I know mm-hmm. she's sitting home alone every Saturday night. Like I I I just she probably not, you know what I mean? But like I know that she's she is going through some tough shit too, right? Like, let's just put it that way. Yeah. I don't, um, you know, so it, that's heartbreaking, right? Because I don't, you know, I, I don't think either of us deserve the outcome that happened, but I also don't, yeah. I don't feel in any way like it's a good place for me. I don't, I don't trust it. Yeah. I don't uh, think she's going to change. I don't, you know, so um, I don't think she'll, I don't think the, it would take her 20 years to convince me she wouldn't betray me again. Um, so, so that's a non-starter, right? It, it, it's over. So it, it's, yeah, you know, but it isn't, now, to doesn't take mean a moment, it's not heartbreaking. Just take a moment. Let me, I, I'm completely with you. Take a moment and please take a breath. And I hope you're tapping. And if not, start again. Because this is where your heart is showing up. You said, you know, it was it was not a good place for either one of us, and it would take ten years for her to convince me that she won't betray me again. And what that the translation I'm going to do in my words to that that statement is, 
there is a part of my heart that is still holding on, even if it's like a 2%. And I have, and, and I want to tell you that this is 100%, 100% right in terms of when you open your heart to someone, you show up so vulnerably and you're betrayed. The heartbreak is huge, is real, and there's still a part of that heart that feels like, fuck, you know, if you convince me that you won't do that again, I might be willing to open up again. No, I, I, I would never do it again. I wouldn't. So, but do you see how? The, the, do you, but you see what you? I understand did, the words. I understand your, the words I chose. Yeah. yeah. I, um, right. I didn't. Um, I didn't intend them with that meaning. I. Um, that do, that doesn't mean that your your interpretation isn't correct. You know, I just in, intended it to be that door is closed. Like it, she, she betrayed me, okay. and I don't trust them. Like that, that's now. Is there something underneath that that I haven't I haven't processed the heartbreak, and that's why why I yeah. subconsciously said it the way I said it. You know, maybe you know, certainly. I I, I feel are you still there? Because your voice just started going on away. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great, great. Um, I, I, I get it because there's a part of you that just feels completely that it's closed and I, you know, maybe you're, uh, maybe that's exactly what it is. What we're hearing is the heartbreak that is, that is not fully healed, that there's this part like it's, it feels betrayed. It feels, you know, I feel like the right word is wounded. Heart, I mean, heartbreak is that, right? There, there's been something, the trust was broken. And there's a wound. There's a wound that was that that is not completely healed. And that yeah, is a I, little bit of the right. That's the, as, that's a bit of the piece that is still present with you. And I feel that these is the the remnant of that is what translate into your relationship with Heather into these. You know, the small voice, it's a small voice. It's not something that interferes when you're with her because you see the reality. But when you're not with her, then there's this small voice that says, well, you've been betrayed before. Is it going to happen? Right. Right? Because it's, it's, it's that, that's kind of like, <clears throat> to put it in emotional terms, is the voice of your heart that is like, wait a minute, you know, pay attention because, you know, we did this before. We were, you know, and we ended up heartbroken. So it's really healthy that you say, wait a minute, that was then with that person. This is now with this person, you know, and that is not this. Right. We have to like bring it to the, to the surface and to the intellect and, and that and have that very healthy conversation and healing, not just healthy but healing conversation with your heart that is bringing up the anxiety when you're alone of like shit is is it gonna happen you know is there something so do, gonna come up I out of get, life? sorry yeah. um how do I get beyond like I feel like 
um, I'll do it in a, I'll, I'll give you an analogy and then I'll try to ex ask the question as articulately as I can. So my, in, in physically, I've always worked out, right? So I run, lifted weights, you know, squats, you know, shoulder press, bench press, you know, so I built the, the main muscle groups to be really strong. Now I'm discovering, you know, muscular skeletally, there's a lot of little muscles that got fucked up along the way, you know, which is why I'm having mm. hamstring issues and foot issues and all that other stuff. Right. So the, 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 my question is, so I feel like my nervous system and my head control my life. And I, mm. I don't know how to get uh, past them actively just like those main muscle groups control my physical movement. And I don't know how to get past yeah. them, like on a day-to-day -day basis into the more centered, emotional, connected, you know, peaceful place. So like, how do I, like what practices, what, like, how do I, like, how do I get at that? I think the cranial sacral thing is certainly part of that, which I'm, you know, trying to get in a rhythm with this woman that I like up here that's doing it. Uh, Deb introduced me to some mm -hmm. acupressure thing out of Boston that she thought would be cool for me. Um, but what, like, and I'm trying to meditate every day, but I still feel like I'm not in that space. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, there is. The first thing is that what I'm going to tell you is not going to be something that you're going, you may necessarily like because it's kind of like counterintuitive for you you are very action-oriented and you want like a protocol. I'm going to do these and these and these and then it's going to work, right? Like, like when you do exercise, you know, if you do these, you know, you push these weight in a certain way, then it's going to, you know, uh, strengthen this tiny muscle that is the one blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking about. So in oh, yeah, order I need to... I want to... to... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it, right? Because you're like... Okay, I can pump, you know, I can pump this big, you know, this big muscle, and I know how to do that one. But the little one requires fine-tuning. And the fine-tuning means that you're going into a place that is slightly uncomfortable because it hasn't been developed. That's the only thing. It hasn't been developed. So the, the piece that is going on is uh, something that, your nervous system and and your that feeds your emotional brain because it's not just you know that you say controls your life it has been wired in a way to be on alert right we talked about these so it's somewhat yeah. on this hyper vigilance mode it can go very easily into that hyper vigilance that what generates is anxiety and and to start undoing that, it and I'm going to actually give you um, something that is going to help a lot in understanding in a very practical way. You were in relationship with Jennifer for years and years and years. It was like over ten years, right? Ah, uh, yeah, I've known her that long. Sure, yeah, yeah. So over those years there was a part of you that was constantly 
in a space of hope that this next year, this next way of doing, this next trip was going to actually finally show that she was doing her best, that she was stepping up to the plate, that she was putting you first, whatever the thing was that would would allow your heart to feel at peace, to feel, to be centered, to feel grounded, to feel ultimately safe. And each time, eventually, she, you know, you feel like somehow she betrayed you. Are you home, or you're just taking a stop? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I stopped. I have to pick up the dog before I go home, so I'm at the day doggy daycare place okay. waiting. So no big deal. I got okay, till Okay, do noon. you need a break I don't have to do that? Till noon, so I have plenty of time. Nope, nope. I have plenty okay. of time. Okay, good. Good. So so that every time that that happened, you had that space of hope. Like a little kid, you know, the night before Christmas. It's like, oh, you know, this time is really going to work. I remember when, you know, you all went to the Caribbean. I don't know if it was the Cayman Islands or something like that. That You went with your kids and her kids. And it was like, okay, this time we're all going to, you know, everything is going to work out and we're going to just turn a page and things are going to start being good. Do you remember that? I do. So it was year after year, occasion after occasion, that you were hoping that this time, this time. And then each time, somehow, sooner or later, there was a sense of betrayal. She put crispers, she mentioned something about his mother, whatever, you know, you showed up when he was there or she needed to do laundry instead of have dinner with you. Whatever it was, it kept on happening. So when we break trust, when our heart opens up completely and gets broken over and over and it feels betrayed, it's like a, it's like a wound or a grief that needs to heal. And the only way to heal trust is time. So there is no magical pill or protocol or something that is going to, that I'm going to tell you to do that you're going to be like, okay, do these and in a week it's going to be gone. It's a matter of time and the way that it's going to heal is actually what you're doing in a way. Is first bringing, you know, when we're working together, bringing up the deeper things and looking underneath it, the things that you mentioned, and we look at it deeper, which is that heartbreak that needs to be healed. And and to also, you know, the way that you're speaking, instead of one huge piece, Jim, that will really have a huge impact, is you have the tendency to talk to yourself as a like a soccer or a football or a baseball coach, like, okay, you know, just get it together, go there, do another lap, you know, give me 20 push-ups, whatever it is. And what I'm actually, instead of that, like, because <laughs> you have that approach. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it makes me good at a lot of areas of my life. It does not make me good at this area of my life. Exactly. So I am going to, the, the piece that I'm going to suggest for you is that when it comes to your nervous system, what your nervous system needs is not the whip. It's not the get it together. You know, it, this is not work. This is not a place where you need to be in front of the board or other CEOs or sell anything. This is a place where what you need is actually a hug. 
you need loving, gentle care. And you need to give it to yourself. And the way that you do it is by first validating. So you have to recognize what's going on when you're freaking out. Because anxiety is fear. And the very first thing that you can do, and this is a bit of a protocol, actually. The very first thing that you can do when you hear that anxious voice or anxious um, anxiety in your nervous system or in your body is like, you can complete this sentence, which is very useful, and says, I'm scaring myself thinking, and complete that sentence. And you can complete that yep. sentence, you know, five times. I scare myself thinking that Heather is going to turn into Jennifer. And these, I have to tell you, allow yourself to be irrational. Because the anxiety, your nervous system is not a rational part of who you are. And if you try to bombard it with rational, um, you know, a rational protocol, let's call it that way, it's going to resist and it's going to persist. You need to just be able to listen. I scare myself thinking that I'm going to open my heart up again and I'm going to get heartbroken in a much worse way. She's going to betray me or or we're going to end up getting married and then she's going to, you know, turn out to be a bitch that she cheats on me. You know, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter what comes up. Allow the most irrational and crazy things to come up. Because when you allow them to come up, you can you can really look. And, and it would be wonderful, I mean, whatever you want to share with me of what you think, I want to really model for you recognition and validation with zero judgment. Zero. Because the truth is your nervous system has been betrayed has been, you know, has been cheated on, you know, emotionally abused. So, it's, of course, it's scared of these. And and then after that, you're like, okay, you know, so, so what is coming up right now? If you were to, to allow for just a moment to complete the sentence, you know, if you were to connect with that, that part of you, which is absolutely, absolutely your nervous system, right? That part of you that is a little anxious, scared. You scare yourself thinking that what might happen? Well, the, um, the, uh, the you know, we'll get married and she'll turn into, you know, you know, my, I finish the sentence, Jen or Kathy or, you know what I mean? Um, like yeah. somebody different, like, uh, and um, then the next thing that came immediately came up is I, I'm actually scared I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. Mm. Okay. So I scare myself thinking that I, I don't deserve her. Yeah. And what the, so let's look underneath. I'm not good enough, and therefore what will happen? I, I doesn't go that far. Let's go that far together because it, it, it's there's something underneath that is like, so I'm not good enough. I don't deserve her and I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to start drinking. What, what are you going to do that you're going to mess it up? Is, is it actually? Oh, sorry, I'll, sorry um, let me correct. That's a good, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, 
No, it's a really good question. It um I that I'll sabotage it. That all um yes. you know, all run away from it. That all um Okay, you know, then I'll show, do something show me to screw how, it up, because you know, subco- subconsciously. Perfect. Perfect. How are you going to do that? This is the part where this is my role of inviting you to look deeper and deeper because we're going to the root. Uh, uh, so it's like, so yeah, it's all, 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 all over schedule my work, all over, all, all over schedule work. I'll just get really busy at work uh-huh. and not have enough time or not, you know, I'll not dedicate the time to it all, you know. I'll start complaining about driving too much and, you know, I just can't, you know, I can't stay disconnected all, you know, um, it, it, those are, you know, it, this is interesting how this is coming up. Those are the things that I would do with Jennifer, I think, to try to get her to kind of pay attention to my needs and, um, so it ended up being a very negative, like depressing place. So it's probably going back to that place that actually scares me. Mm. So you're going to do something. So she pays attention to your needs and then it would just blow up on your face. Yeah. Because she would feel like you're being selfish and how about her needs? Um, I've never had somebody, uh, that consistently paid attention to my needs. <laughs> so, you know, then I'll be back in that space, right? Um, like if you think about the history of my relationships, they haven't really been healthy in the, in that way. Um, like I always did all the work and then felt, you know, felt betrayed. We, sometimes I was, sometimes I wasn't, but, uh. This this is really huge because, see, this is what happens. This is actually my role. This is why you pay me, <laughs> to go deeper and deeper mm. and understand that here, this, this is actually where we're heading is there's a part of you that is scared that if you truly, if, you, if she really knew the, the depth of your needs, she, will, she might reject you. She might not be there. Wow. Because you have a lot of needs that in a way you, you, you're you aware of, but you don't like it because you present yourself as a very, you know, very together, very conscious, and yet your nervous system and your heart cause a lot of needs. And that's okay. And that's normal. That's normal. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. The thing is, when we are, when you know, people that are very brilliant in their brain and mind don't like admitting that they at times can be needy because being needy is not okay. And it's a human condition. Oh, no, I hate condition. that word. Like the word, it's, the exactly. word is like scratching a chalkboard. <laughs> Yes, this is the core, man. We got it. So All right. that's uh, exactly it. Wow. What's happening? You want to run away? Was, uh, uh, no, I feel good. 
Good. Feel good. So it's like, what? What if you could admit that sometimes you are actually needy, and that being needy? See, the thing is, being needy is equated with being weak, with being a victim, with being like these. Um, it, it's like. Tell tell me tell me about how you feel about people that are needy and victimy and that they're like you know kind of like leeches energetic leeches. I try to help them um, to a point. Okay, for how but, you know, for how long? Um, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, I mean, look at Jennifer. She was one of the most needy people I've ever been around, and um, yes. Yeah. I tried to help her for 12 years or whatever. Um, right. You know, I uh, what 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 interestingly just came up as you were talking about that is Jennifer used to uh, tell me I was being a victim, mm-hmm. and I would say don't I I would say don't use that word with me because that's not where this comment or this conversation is coming from. Um, and so and so in a weird way. Again, connecting all the dots, I feel like I I tried to be articulate about my needs with Jennifer, and I was told that they weren't relevant, and that I was um, over uh, over indexing them in different ways. I, Je- Jennifer, you know, I I loved her. Um, she she was. Um, Super smart, studied psychology, um, and I, I think was patterning me. Does that make sense? Like, I know that's a hard word. And it's, of course. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, I, 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 I get it. And we, and you, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I. That's what I believe she was doing. Like, she was trying to mold me into her version of the perfect person for her, and you know, kind of slowly, methodically, just kind of working me down into that. And the the more I lost control of myself, the more depressed I got. Does that make sense? Um, you know, the yes, more I tried course. and it didn't work. The, the more, like, so I feel like there was, um, I don't think it was, I, I, would art, I would articulate it as, I don't think it was conscious on her part. Like, that's why I don't, like, hold a grudge about it, but I, I'm, allowing it to be okay that that's what happened to me. Does that make sense? Of course it does. Yes, yes, it, it does. And the part that we're looking at right now is, and this is this goes all the way back to remember when we were talking about the shadow? Shadow work? Yeah. Is that the part that, it, that you most, that most hurt you and that was most um, uncomfortable of of Jennifer was her victimhood, her neediness and her victimhood, because that part was the part was the part that was trying to mold you. She felt hopeless and trapped in a in her own nervous system chaotic situation, and she wanted you to join her there. And then if you did join her yeah. there, then you were a victim too. But then she didn't like that. It, it was it was messed up. 
if we take a step back, the part that you really didn't like about her, that neediness and, you know, feeling trapped and feeling, you know, that life is unfair to her, there's a very small part of you that is like that, very small. But you deny it because you do not like it. And, and let me tell you, the reason that I'm saying these is because I came up to this realization years ago about myself. I couldn't stand it. In my case, it was my mother. I, I could not ever be like my mother because she was very big to me and needy. But the thing is, every shadow, which is that you know, small part of ourselves that can be needy, and it's, it's a good thing because each shadow has this very useful and very positive place or thing about it. When we are in a needy place is when we need to be taken care of, when we need to know that we can be soothed. Be reassured. To know yeah. that, exactly. We need to be reassured. We need to know that, you know what, it's okay. It's really okay. You're feeling hurt. You're feeling scared. You're feeling, you're feeling like a child right now. It's okay. We had a code. I want to tell you, I had a code with my husband, my current husband, that whenever I went into this place, uh, it was something that was connected when I was four years old. And I could not even talk very well. And I would just raise my hand and show him four fingers. And he knew that he just, what I needed was for him to hold me. Yep. I was in a very, very, you know, and it was the most incredibly healing thing. So it, the piece that you're asking me to say, okay, how can I get to a more centered place is to start by feeling these simple sentence. I scare myself thinking all of this comes up and it's all the aspects of your heart that have not been healed that need to be heard. Because when you yep. hear it, it's no longer in hiding and you can just look at it and take care of it. Because even when it's not rational, it makes sense based on your history yeah, no. and everything that took place. I, I'm allowing it to be okay. It, it, it's all perfectly Yay, I'm to so me. happy and, to hear that. Yeah. yeah. This is really good. Good stuff, Jim. Wow. I know. I know. I'm so glad. This cool. is right, really well, good stuff. And I, I Sounds great. Sounds wonderful. We'll continue on these, which I feel is a, is a very powerful shift. Awesome. Great. Have a beautiful I weekend. I agree. Thank you. Have a good day. Awesome. You're very welcome. Take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.